Aloha, everybody. This is Q, the Abolitionist, and I want to take a moment to talk to you about our podcast, Unshackled Liberty. This is a libertarian variety show where we discuss the value of reducing the role of government in our daily lives. We have interviews and news from various sources and evaluate everything from the perspective of Christian voluntarism, and we hope you stick around for a few episodes and enjoy the content. We are available on all major podcatchers. Somebody told me that Q has opinions about this, um, which is very interesting because I don't have too many opinions about it. Uh, should we get into the uh, how and what of the 12th Amendment first, maybe? Uh, yeah, I guess. Did you want to just go over the text of the amendment and then maybe we'll go through the background of it or, or why, it, why it was a thing, why it is a thing? Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. Let's uh, go over the text and then and need go over like when it became a thing and why. Okay. Um. So yeah, please go ahead. Did you want? Yeah, you want me to read it? Okay. Um. So the text of the Twelfth Amendment says something like this: uh, The electors shall meet in their respective states and vote by ballot for president and vice president, one of whom at least shall not be inhabitant of the same state within the, with themselves. They shall name. They shall name in their ballots the person voted for as president and in distinct ballots the person voted for as vice president. And they shall make the distinct list of all persons voted for as president and all persons voted for as vice president and the number of votes for each. Which list shall... This is a long, long, long thing. Okay. Which list shall sign and certify and transmit sealed to the seat of government of the United States direct to the president of the Senate. The president of the Senate shall, in the presence of the Senate and House of Representatives, open the certif- certificate certificates, and the votes shall then be counted. The person, ha- the person having the greatest number of votes for president shall be president. If such number be, be the majority of the whole number of electors appointed, and if no person have such a majority, then from the persons having the highest numbers, not exceeding three on the list of those voted as for as president, the House of Representatives shall choose immediately by ballot the president. But in choosing the president, the votes shall be taken by states, the representation from each state having one vote. A a quorum for this process shall consist of a member or members of from two-thirds of the states, and the majority of all the states shall be necessary to a choice. And if the House of Representatives shall not choose the president, whenever the right of the choice shall devolve upon them, before the fourth day of March, the next following, the vice president shall act as president, as in the case of the death or any other constitutional disability of the president. This is the last paragraph, sorry. Uh, the person having the greatest number of votes as vice president shall be the vice president, if such a number of the majority of the whole number of electors appointed and no person have a majority 
Then from the two highest numbers on the list, the Senate shall choose the vice president at a quorum for those, or a quorum for the purpose shall consist of two thirds of the whole number of senators and majority of the whole number shall be necessary to a, to a choice, but no person constitutionally ineligible to the office of president shall be eligible to that of vice president of the United States. Okay, so it's a whole big mouthful, right? Basically yeah. saying that we're going to uh, vote for a president and a vice president. And that seems like, okay, that's like a, a no-brainer, right? If you're a voting person, I'm not one who's a voting person, but there's a reason why they did this. Yes, and, exactly. And, yeah, and uh, so I, did, did you want to dive into that or did you want to talk a little bit more about the text? Um, yeah, so let's dive into the uh, why before and okay. also the when. So this uh, amendment was passed, uh, well, it was proposed in Congress December 983, uh, pardon me, 1803. Yeah. Um, and then ratified. Uh, June 15th, 1804. Uh, Correct. And the, it, it basically originates from uh, some difficulty in uh, electing the president in 1596 and in 1800. Right. Um, which had to do with the way the electoral college was structured back then. Yeah. Um so yeah that's um i the the exact reason or the way it works um is well not entirely clear to me so maybe okay. you could shed some light on that yeah so george washington right uh was the first president of the united states right he's also you know, people call him the father of our nation, which is kind of silly. But he was president from 1789 to 1797. He served two terms, eight years total. And that's where there was, uh, for the longest time, there was like a uh, uh, a tradition among presidents to not serve more than two terms, just because of the example that was set by, by the first president, right? Um, I don't know why that matters, but uh, other than to just say, hey, you know, so he was kind of the president for, for two terms. And then the very next president, we the very next uh, election when he resigned and was not going to run again uh, was when we had a problem. And so um, right. that's kind of silly, right? It kind of shows you that this whole thing is kind of kind of a sham right off the bat. Um, so in, in 1796, in the election for 1796, uh, John Adams was was a, a Federalist, right? So John Adams was running for the Federalist Party. And then Thomas mm -hmm. Jefferson uh, was running for the uh, Democratic-Republican Party. Okay. Yes. And so so there's got, you got these two parties. Now, there was there's a big argument, or at least back then there was a big argument on whether or not we should even have elect, uh, like uh, uh, political parties to begin with, right? So, and I think part of what the issue with, with this or why this was an issue was was when we first started doing this, I say we, like I was there, but when when the <laughs> uh, when the the Constitution was ratified and they first went into this whole thing with the president, they didn't have this vision of uh, political parties, you know, um, and so they didn't feel the need to to do this. But this is what happened. So, in the uh, seventeen ninety six election, John Adams, the Federalist president candidate. Uh, received the majority of the electoral votes. However, 
um, the Federalist electors scattered their second votes, right? So they didn't all vote for um, the same second person. Now they were running, they were running, they were voting for a, a president and, and a vice president, right? So uh, resulting in the, uh, the, the Democratic Republican Party presidential candidate Thomas Jefferson receiving the second highest number of total electoral votes, thus being elected vice president. So the Federalist Party screwed up and then the Democratic Republican Party um, was able to slide a guy in uh, as the vice president. And that's Thomas Jefferson. He's one of our, one of, you know, everybody likes Thomas Jefferson, right? Well, maybe not everybody, but a lot of people like Thomas Jefferson. He's one of my favorites. Um, it soon became apparent that having a vice president and a president from, from different political parties uh, made it obvious that they were not willing to work together effectively. Okay. Uh, so there were a lot of issues that were going on at the time. If you, you, know, you I know you and Bird did, uh, did a whole thing on the French Revolution, right? So there was a lot going on with the French Revolution at the time too, right? Yes. And so the president, John Adams, wanted to have a very pro-British foreign policy, but then oh, like, Jesus. but Thomas Jefferson was like a Francophile, right? Like he was really like in love with the French people. So like, could you imagine the president and the vice president looking at their foreign policy and what's going on in Europe at the time? Um, yeah, because there were still ties to Europe, even though the, the you know, the, the Americans had just won their independence, but there were still political ties and, and diplomatic ties to Europe. And so we had to, you know, they had to figure out how they're going to um, set up their, 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 uh, their foreign policy, right? So right off the bat, you have the president and the vice president, total disagreement on how they're going to view the, the, the French Revolution. And then, of course, the role, the role of, of, you know, the crown, the English crown um, in, in Europe as well. Right. So, um, that's a big mm -hmm. problem. So that, well, that was one issue. Worse. Okay. <laughs> What's even worse is that there's no good side to choose here because no. I mean, you're stuck with a choice between the British or the French, which is just yeah, yeah. both the awful. Yeah. Um, so noting that this was an issue, there was a, there was a representative named William Smith of South Carolina. Um, and, and he responded in 17, uh, 96, or, or, uh, or he res, uh, responded to the 1796 problem, um, in, in January of 1797. Um, he recommended, he recommended this, um, this amendment, this 12th amendment, and, uh, mm -hmm. it, no action was taken at all. It just died. And, and, and then what happened then is then in 1800, right. Which is the very next election. Yes. Um, it, there was a there was kind of a, a defect in in this party. So like the the uh, the election expo the eighteen hundred election exposed a defect in the original formula, and that if each member of the electoral college followed the party ticket, there could be a tie between the two candidates uh, from the most popular ticket. Right. So both parties uh, planned to prevent this by having one of their electors abstain from voting. Okay, um, and then that would that person who received one less vote would just be the vice presidential candidate. Right. So Jefferson managed to secure the majority of pledged electors, but the margin in 1800 was so slim that there was very little room for error. If the Democratic Republicans were to avoid the repeating, the, repeating the Federalist miscue from 1796, given the technical limitations of the 18th century communications, obviously these guys were not able, they were, they weren't on the internet. They were doing this, right. You're over there mm. 
in Holland and I'm over here in Hawaii, obviously they, they had no capacity to do what we're doing right now. There was no real time communication. <laughs> Everything was on horseback and on letters and all that other stuff. Right. So, um, because, because of that, uh, you know, um, the democratic Republican electors in all States were left to assume that an elector in another state, uh, was the one that was going to be responsible for casting, casting the one abstention vote, uh, necessary to, ensure the election of the unofficial vice presidential nominee, Aaron Burr, to that office, right? So all electoral, all uh, Democratic Republican electors in each state were so reluctant to be seen as the one responsible for causing the outing of President Adams to be elected as vice president that even Democratic Republican electors cast a vote for both Jefferson and Burr, resulting in a tie, right? So that, you know, every Democratic, I'm sorry, I misread that, every Democratic uh Republican elector cast a vote for both Jefferson and Burr, resulting in a tie. So, um, consequently, a, a contingent presidential election was held in the House of Representatives, and the Federalist-controlled state delegations cast their votes for Burr in an effort to prevent Jefferson from becoming president. Uh, neither Burr nor Jefferson was able to win the first 35 ballots. Uh, with the help from Alexander Hamilton, the gridlock was finally broken on the 36th ballot, and Jefferson was elected president. February 17th, 1801. All right, so they had to vote 36 times yeah. over to yeah. finally elect a president. To finally break that that, dreadlock, that deadlock, right? So that's what happens, right? So what we did then, what results from that is the 12th Amendment, like you were talking about, and like I read, it was a whole big mouthful. They run for president, they run for vice president. And then that way, and, and, and how, what we've ended up doing in America is they just run on the same ticket as running mates. So you've got, you've got, uh, you know, good example, of course, is we have, um, you know, Donald Trump and, uh, you know, and Pence obviously running as the incumbents are going to stay. They're probably going to win. I don't, America likes incumbents, all the drama that goes on with everything that's going on with the, uh, you know, with the DNC and, and everything. Um, I just don't see Trump not winning. But then, of course, on the Democratic ticket, you've got you got Grandpa Joe and and Kamala the cop, right? So, um, but you know, so I mean, I'm not a fan of any of those guys necessarily. But but uh, you know, now we run it we run it like that. Where they have a running mate, you know, they run on the same ticket on the same party. So that when you do cast a vote for one, you're casting a vote for both. Now, that's our, uh, that's that's the people's vote, right? And then, of course, the electoral college generally follows suit with what, with what the people vote for, right? Um, as far as the states go, right? People forget, you know, one of the things that got everybody all worked up in 2016 was, um, it's not one election. The presidential, you know, uh, the presidential election is not one election it's functionally 51 different elections you know you've got mm -hmm. you've got one election in each state um plus washington dc right so people go okay it's one nation that's voting but really it's not it's 50 states in washington dc that are voting you know that's yes. why we that's why we can get into the situation where we have um you know hillary winning the popular vote but trump winning the electoral vote Right. Yes. You know, uh, but that's, that's, I guess a different topic, but it's kind of related, right? Somewhat. Um, 
so that's how we do it, man. And uh, I don't know. I don't know if anybody really cares a whole lot about it. I, I, I think I looked at it more like um, the conflict and deadlock would have been more of a safety mechanism in a representative system, right? So if you've got two two people, you know, uh, a president and a vice president that don't agree and and aren't in complete agreement on everything, um, that might be something that prevents, uh, you know, like a like a bad action, you know, making the wrong decision. You know, I could see how no decision is worse than making a good decision, right? But no decision right. is better than making a bad one. And if we look at the trend in government, there's no shortage of bad decisions, you know. Not exactly, no. You know, so that's just my opinion. Um, and I look at this like this conflict between John Adams and Thomas Jefferson made it hard to engage, uh, like in the foreign policy that supported one nation over another, whether you were like they were pro-British or pro-French, right? Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think having that having that argument or having that fight necessarily inside the the White House uh, would 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 do a lot to keep America from being overly involved in world politics. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That's just um, my opinion, and I don't know how. I mean, that's just me reading it and understanding these things. And I'm not, mm -hmm. you know, like I said in the last, you know, in the in the in the last uh, show that we did on the Eleventh Amendment, I'm I'm no expert. I'm reading this stuff off of Wikipedia, dude. You know, I'm learning some yeah. things and, and coming up with some ideas on what I see, but. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not like a constitutional lawyer or genius of any kind, you know? Well, I mean, that's part of the problem I've run into with these amendments is that they're clearly written by lawyers for lawyers. Yeah. So they're, it, it's quite literally legalese. So it's, it can get hard to understand. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I like the way you frame it. Um. Because the way I looked at it as well, you know, there's this uh, within like government, it's not the worst thing. So, I mean, if you have to have a government, which I don't particularly support. Yeah, me either. Um, yeah, we're, we're on the same team on that one. That's for sure. So, but, you know, here we are, we have a government and now we have to make it run. Um, and this situation was essentially preventing it from running mm -hmm. uh, so we fixed it um, and well there's no I don't think it results in uh, more well let's say oppression uh, of the the uh, population at least not directly um, so as you say it's Probably it probably takes away some um, a mechanism to prevent well very bad decisions. Yeah, um, which is not great. But within a a republic, it, there could be a lot worse um, decisions or amendments uh, which have a much more direct and, and strong negative effect um so i'm like you know it's it, it's not the best thing um but you know it's uh i i understand its purpose and and 
I don't have too much of an issue with it. Well, yeah, I can I can understand that. Um, you know, the uh, if you've seen it, the American people tend to treat the presidential office almost like a monarch, right? Like, um, and I wonder if some of that is is from the security of. I mean, we almost have no one-term presidents in in our history, right? Like, yeah. mo- most of our presidents are are two-term. Uh, you know, early on, they they stepped down after their second term voluntarily. It wasn't until FDR. Um, I mean, that dude was elected to you know four straight terms. You know, Jesus. And yeah, yeah, so like he, you know, and he turned out to be you know he's one of the worst presidents in history. It just shows you that there's no shortage of bad ideas. Um, when, when it comes to, you know, not just the presidents, but also the, the voters voting uh, on these, on these guys. I mean, he was, he was out and out and out socialist and he got four terms in the white house, man. Well, he didn't, I mean, he didn't survive his fourth term, but I mean, you know, you get the idea he was elected to four terms. And then, uh, so I look at that and I go, well, we, we already treat the white house as if it's some sort of a, you know, some sort of a, like a throne, right. Um, which is decidedly like like anti as far as i mean if you were to ask anybody in in like like individually they would tell you that that's not an american way of looking at things but then you get these cults together right um yeah and you know the trump cult we talk about but you know the bernie the bernie cult's pretty bad and the biden cult is just as bad and the hillary clinton cult was horrible right so like we got all these different cults of people together that that uh that, that that almost worship uh, these individuals, these personalities. And I wonder yeah. if, if the 12th amendment wasn't ratified, if having the threat of a vice president who could run against you next term, who would have just as much experience or almost as much experience and be just as vis- vis- visible to the, to the people, you know, this whole, like, um, you know, John Adams, Thomas Jefferson, uh, thing that was there, right? Like that was a that was a threat to John Adams was having Thomas Jefferson that that could be and and ultimately did become the next president, right? Um, yeah, you know that was I think to me I look at that and go that might have been another safety valve that we have allowed to be closed off permanently because now you know you got pence. yeah, yeah you got pence that. you know what i'm saying <laughs> like if pence isn't gonna <laughs> run against trump right like come on you know and reagan had bush and bush had quail and you know you go mm-hmm. on and on and on right like so um these guys don't run against their against their bosses but yeah. and that's and that's because of the 12th amendment but if uh if there was an opportunity to just have that risk you know, I got to do right. I got to do the right thing. I got to do right by the people. I got to do right by the, you know, the, 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 the nation, you know, I mean, if, if you're one to believe in government, which I'm not, but, but like, you know, if, if you're going to do it, there's that, there's not a lot of, 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 uh, security, you know, you look at like a, like a labor union. Some of these guys can't get fired because they're so senior and those are usually the worst ones, you know, uh, you know, on the job that maybe they don't do a whole lot. Right. But, uh, you know, the ones who are young and maybe don't have their, don't have their seniority, they know if I don't put in an honest day's work, I'm probably on my butt tomorrow. Right. Um, if you have, if you have that vice president that might take your job on the next election cycle, if you're not careful, 
might might cause you to do some better things. I don't know. That's a thought. Yeah, that makes uh, that you makes know. sense to me. So, I don't know, dude. I, I'm one of these guys. I, I think that uh, that that we need to have less security in professional places. Certainly, less security in government jobs because, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, the bureaucracy tends to tends to stagnate. You know, it tends oh, yeah. to it tends to incentivize stagnation and and uh, you know yes. immorality. You know. But. Yes, absolutely. Um, I uh, yeah. I think that um, the way a government is structured um, makes itself inefficient because there is no like like every um, every clergyman every uh, you know everyone who works for the government is entirely independent of the market so there's no competition for them so yeah there's no reason to act in any Absolutely. moral or efficient or or smart way um because it doesn't fucking matter you know it's just, <laughs> i mean what's gonna happen if you fuck up yeah tax money is gonna keep coming yeah it is and they'll just they'll just and if they can't squeeze it out of us they'll just print more of it you know exactly <laughs> so so yeah but i think that's uh wider problem with government not so much with the 12th amendment in particular although i have to say i find the idea of um uh donald trump and hillary clinton having to uh work together president and vice president quite entertaining wouldn't that have been funny to see wouldn't that That would have been amazing (laughs) wouldn't that have been (laughs) funny to see that but you know and then and then there's this whole big push early on i know i know george washington was opposed to the idea of political parties and i think his exit speech um basically said just that that you know i i, I couldn't I, I yeah i couldn't even paraphrase it right i can't I, I don't have it memorized even a little bit but i know that he was against uh political parties but you see the very next election after he resigned the very next one you had mm-hmm you had the federalists and you had the democratic republicans and they were competing political parties competing political ideologies instead of just yes. having two guys running for office against each other um and running on the merits of their own their own you know principles um you know it just shows you and then and then this 12th amendment with the vice president and the president running on the same ticket, it just strengthens the, the, the two corporations that are running the country, you know? And, uh, I mean, it's not, it's not an endorsement for third party necessarily. It's just, it's just, you know, just shows you, you know, and they trade off, man. Like if you look at the history, it's like, it's a Republican for eight years. It's a Democrat for eight years. It's a Republican for eight years. It's a Democrat for eight years. And, you know, for you, you look at George, George HW Bush got four years. Okay, he only got one term, but that's okay because earlier only Jimmy Carter got one term. He was a Democrat, right? So it's like, it's like they trade off, man. It's almost like if you look at it, it's it's uh, so it's just another one of those things that I look at and go, this is all rigged. It's all professional wrestling, man. You know, yes, it's all professional wrestling. It's just there for our amusement and entertainment. It's not real, but you know, enough people think it is. So you know, I guess we just gotta play make believe with them. <clears throat> Is it too late for The Rock to make uh, entry into the uh, into the 2020 election? 
<laughs> I don't know, man. Probably. But I think we're, I, I'll tell you what, though. I'm a little bummed out that we're not that we're not seeing. Did you see? So I was bummed. I, I wanted some debates. I was so psyched about the idea of having, um, you know, Joe Biden going up against Donald Trump. And, and again, not being a fan of either one of them necessarily. I just wanted to see the carnage of, of oh, just yeah. like the, you know, the dementia. I, I Before I even say this, I feel bad a little bit about, about uh, Joe Biden because he's clearly going through some things. He's clearly an old man. His best years are clearly behind him. Uh, mentally, he's not where he once was, and uh, I, I think it's genuinely like a shame that that here's a guy who's clearly going through dementia, and uh, he's having to live this all in the public view, right? Um, so that's sad because he's a person, but then, then like I said, the professional wrestling fan in me is like, get those guys on stage and have them duke it out in a debate because I know that Trump would just stomp them into the ground, and that would be hilarious. You know. Oh yeah. <laughs> so so I, I don't, you know. So I'm like torn between these two these two positions, but uh, yeah, we're not getting any debates, and I'm kind of bummed about that, man. You know, unless yeah, Joe, that, that Joe Rogan thing comes through, man. I, I you know I don't know how realistic that would that be is. amazing. Yeah, I would love that so much. <laughs> would that be dope? <laughs> Have Joe oh, Rogan wow. moderating a presidential election? It just shows you how much of a circus we are now. It just shows you how oh, much man. of a circus we are. Yeah. I want Joe Rogan to ask Donald Trump and Joe Biden if they have ever done DMT. <laughs> you got me while I was drinking water. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right. That would be funny. That would be a good one. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, that would be... Holy shit. That, that's a shame that we don't get those debates. because I know. That would have been highly entertaining. It was so like it was so funny watching him and watching Trump and Hillary on stage together. That was funny. Trump and, oh, and Biden would have been would have been ten times better. Ten times better. Oh Jesus. Could you imagine? Yeah. Because Trump, I mean, half the time he doesn't make sense either. So No. no. It's uh yeah, it's it's uh, it, it would have been uh man, it it would be like nonsense comedy, you know. Oh, it would be it'd be our two drunk uncles arguing over a football game, you know. Yeah, something like that. You know, I guess for me, yeah, for, for I guess pick which football I'm talking about. It doesn't matter, right? So, <laughs> American football or or your football, right? Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter. It's, uh, <laughs> if your two yeah. drunk uncles start talking about it, it's just it's the same thing. <laughs> Oh man! Yeah, um, the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you have any more thoughts about the Twelfth uh, Amendment? Uh, I don't, man. I I don't have any more thoughts on the Twelfth Amendment. I'm glad we finally got to do this episode, though. I know it's been a long time in the making. That oh, yeah. you know what sucks about doing these uh, amendments? I feel like I got to read them verbatim, and uh, and this one was kind of long, and I got I got kind of bored with what I was reading. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know what i mean like it was long yep. and i'm like oh this is it's not exciting like the fifth amendment is so exciting because it's it's oh, short yeah. it's to the point you know exactly what it is but this one gets a little you know yeah. yep yeah so, but no i'm good dude I got, i've short. got nothing no other no other things to make yeah. on this yeah first 10 are probably the most exciting yeah. then well number 11 is infuriating um 
but then yeah i wonder what number 13 will have in store for us yeah we'll see we'll see idea, i gotta, I gotta figure about? out i gotta remember which one that is what's that do you have any idea what it's about well i could look it up but no i i tell you i've uh i get them all mixed up i do i get them all mixed up because um one of the ones I really want to look at when we when we do this in the future is oh this one is the one slavery yes so the Thirteenth Amendment is the slavery one um, ah right I want to do that one with the income tax amendment you know oh yeah you talked because, about that because I think um, which one was that I think it's uh, I'm I'm looking it up right now I get them all mixed up. Jesus Christ, the Wikipedia yeah, because article I think, for this one is huge. What's that? The wiki article for this one is yeah. gigantic. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I'll get into that one. We'll, we'll get into that uh, yeah. a little bit a well, little bit later. But, yeah. but uh, we'll, in we'll fact, touch base on that. Um, I want to do that one together because I think we can make a case where, where one one cancels out the other or one contradicts the other. So. All right. Yeah, yeah I'd like to I do think... those two together at the same time if we can. That would be really interesting. Okay. Um, but... Yeah, we'll talk about that, um, well, at some point. Right uh, on, bro. Sounds good. Well, so, uh, yeah, so much for the 12th Amendment. Thank you for no uh, coming on, and please give me all of your plugs. Okay. So, um, yeah, real simple. You can you can find me on Twitter mostly. I'm, uh, I'm at Q underscore abolitionist. Uh, we, uh, I'm a, I've got a podcast with, with my really good buddy, Crypto Gumbo. He's at Crypto Gumbo on Twitter. Our podcast is called Unshackled Liberty. Um, we just have a lot of good fun. It's a goofy little show. Sometimes we get some pretty heavy articles, but usually it's just two idiots having fun with a microphone. So, um, and it's also fam- family friendly. Uh, there's it, no it, naughty words. It is. It is family <laughs> friendly. We do our best to keep it uh, to keep the language clean. Um, every once in a while, we'll have a guest that comes on and. And they'll uh, they'll they'll use some profanity and and of course Gumbo and I are both you know prior sailors so you you know it's not so much that we have an issue uh, hearing the language you're not going to make us make us blush necessarily but uh, we just want for us if you change the channel if you're listening to Unshackled Liberty and you don't like the content and you turn on another show well that's fine but if you're listening to Unshackled Liberty and you got your kids in the car and you have to change the channel to another show um, because the kids can't hear the language that's being used. I just, well, I mm-hmm. wanted to avoid that whole situation, right? I want to make it available for um, all ages for all because ages. sometimes, yes. sometimes Liberty, the Liberty stuff deals with pretty heavy topics and we try not to shy away from anything. Uh, but we do try to discuss it in a way that, that, that even your kids can, can hear, you know? So, Yes, I think that's um, very uh, commendable. Uh, <laughs> and I think because, it's a kind mean, of a niche market because I'm listening to all these other Liberty podcasts and I tell you what, you guys are pretty foul-mouthed, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'm just a shit poster, so I mean, it's, it's part of the brand, really. <laughs> well, okay, if it works for you. <laughs> right on, dude. Just saying that whenever I uh, I make my first appearance on uh, Unshackled Liberty, yeah, we're we going that? to have to do a lot of editing. Yeah, when are we doing that? <laughs> when are we doing that? We need to do that. Oh yeah, we need to do that. Um, yes. 
So Hit you're going to do, are you doing, uh, yeah, are you doing, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but are you going to, are you really making, trying to get involved with the LP on their uh, social media thing? Or is this a joke? Uh, it's mostly just a shit post, but uh, I would absolutely love uh, getting the keys to the LP because I would be <laughs> so much fucking better at it uh, than need, whatever retard is running it now. You know, they do need just, just a good old fashioned troll. Oh you yeah, know, in in their <laughs> in their in their Twitter game, the LP could do so much. I mean, look at who they're. Come on, if you can't troll Trump and Biden and get people's Jesus, attention, man. it's like it's like you guys are not even trying. Yeah, they need to get they need to get somebody like a good old fashioned Twitter troll like you to run their. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, well, thank you. Um, so, uh, yeah, my book's real quick. Uh, 